Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we get out our jeweler's loops and investigate some diamonds in the rough. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined, as I'm always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. My husband and I are watching, um, like, an older season of Project Runway okay. that is on Netflix. Uh-huh. Well, and there's a there's a contestant on it whose name is, uh, with a K, it's COVID. K-O-V-I-D. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we started it, and we are like... We weren't sure when it was from, like how old it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the first couple, like the first episode, you know, nobody says anything about it. And then by like the third episode, nobody says anything about it. And you're like, oh, this has to be before 2020. Absolutely. And yeah. it is. It's from 2019. Okay, yes. Okay, well, so close. Yeah. Close, but not, man, what a, what a weird, there's always, I feel like there's always like things like that. Like, uh, you know, the, the TV show Archer. Um, the spy organization that they work for is called ISIS, right? Because they, because the show started before ISIS was a thing, yeah. Um, which is uh wild to believe. Also, one of my uh best friends in college, her name is Siri, um, and obviously she had that name before everyone called their phone that, um, and now like there's no way for. And look, I'm sure her life has been hell because of it, but there's no way for me to bring up my friend Siri without people being like, oh, what, your your phone, you know? <laughs> uh, so, like, yeah, it's just weird the way that, like, a word can become uh, so co-opted by, like, an event or a thing that, yep. like, it just changes the meaning of it entirely. Yeah, because before COVID-19, this person would, they were on Project Runway. Yeah. Nobody thought twice about it. Just right. this person's name is COVID. Yeah, weird. Weird. A person named COVID. With a K. I was going to ask you, because we're talking about diamonds in the rough. Yeah. Or in the terms of like video games, it's metaphorical sense. Uh, when we say the, f- the phrase the rough, we're only ever talking about diamonds or golf, right? Yeah. So is it only like hoity-toity people that talk about the rough? <laughs> people that are on a golf course. Right. Talking about their diamond mines. <laughs> yes. Or, I mean, is that what it means that in like the rough earth like the rough rock or oh, oh that's interesting or is it like a, like a diamond in the rough as in like its form is rough i oh well, yeah like in the buff right have i just been saying it wrong this whole I time is I it, think is it diamond it right. in the buff i think it might be a diamond in the buff uh-huh. uh yeah i mean all of which is to say uh we don't know what we're talking about <laughs> that's not new to the listeners of the show <laughs> Uh, if you would like to hear us uh, talking more about no, stuff that we do know what we're talking about, you can go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, where if you support us at the 8-bit or 16-bit levels, you can get access to our once-a-month episodes of miniseries. We are about to put out our first episode of NCS Arcade, where we are going to be playing uh, games that are available on uh, NSO or NSO plus expansion pack um, that Mark and I have never beaten before. That's right. And the first one is... Uh, the Legend of Zelda: The Minish Cap, and I'm very excited to talk about it, which we are going to do yes, this weekend. This weekend, and the episode will be out soon. So if you yes. are interested in hearing that, definitely check out our Patreon. And thank you so much to our new patron Neil H. We appreciate you so much. We appreciate all of our patrons, and we appreciate everybody who listens. Uh, and also, if you would like to uh, continue the conversation, or I guess participate in the conversation, because normally it's just you and I, Mark, having the conversation, uh, but we we take it onto Discord. Uh, if you would like to be in the Discord, you can either get access to that by becoming a, a patron or by emailing us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, and I will send you an invitation. You can hop right into the Discord that way uh one last thing before we get into our our main topic i just want to plug my teenage mutant ninja turtle source book issue number one is coming out february 21st the second issue is coming out like april 5th or something like that um 
Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about this thing. It's very cool. Uh, so uh, if you are interested in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or me writing about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it should probably be and. If you're interested in that and that, uh, then get to a comic book store and pre-order it. Uh, very proud of what is happening there. Um, all right, Mark, are you ready to discuss some diamonds in the rough? In some roughs? In the buff? In the buff? Let's do it. We must, as ever, start with why, right? Yes. Why are we discussing this now? And uh, the answer, I think, is, uh, you know, we, we mentioned it on Tuesday's episode, but with the release of another code, Recollection, Recollection, however uh, it should be pronounced, um, uh, it's, that's such a strange new collection of games that are uh, kind of wonky artifacts from Nintendo's not too distant past, um, but also were like games that I had not really like heard of, spoken in high regard before, um, but must have been like someone's pet passion project that they wanted to bring back. Yeah, it's just one of those games that, like, I feel like you do hear brought up occasionally when you're talking about like point and click adventures. But yeah, it what when it was it, announced, it feels, what it, a weird, what a weird, felt yes. like a weird pick. Yes, feels like a like, weird, pick. totally random. Yes, um, and like part of what makes it a uh, like a cool Nintendo kind of pick is that like one of those games was never released uh, outside of Japan, so there's like a uh, I don't know, like an exoticism to it where it's like, oh, we never had that here. Um, and uh, just to have it like repackaged and like represented to us in this like shiny way felt very much to both of us like uh famicom detective club um games which came out a couple of years ago remakes of uh famicom disc system games um that again you know never came out uh in north america so uh yeah, all of which is like to say that there is a like very narrow band of like something that's happening here right Right. They're not remaking classics here. They're not remaking like fan favorites. They're just like remaking odd curiosities that like need the remake in order to be represented, right? Like they couldn't just re release Famicom Detective Club. Right. It wouldn't make any sense. Plus, right. it needs to be localized to high heaven. So, like, you know, whatever. Um, but like both of these sets of games, and again, they're both duos. Nintendo loves to do things in twos. <laughs> uh like needed to be uh totally represented polished up uh and like given to us as though they were new games from the 2020s while acknowledging that they have this sort of uh historical roots these yeah. historical roots uh-huh um and so that's what we want to talk about yes and i feel like and this is not necessarily the criteria for anything that made it on my list mm. but i also think it's interesting that like yes they did take these games from the nintendo ds and the wii and polish them and represent them and yet like we talked about in tuesday it's still kind of janky yes well and and uh, you know also true of famicom detective club right that where it's like the core mechanics include things that are bad game design <laughs> and are remain present and like you know i still i still love those uh famicom detective, detective club games but like yeah i mean i, I think th there's an element uh, to a lot of my picks that are like um these are games that i like you know relatively with features that make them not great games right that make them sort of like six out of ten seven out of ten something like that uh-huh but papering over those flaws would make it no longer that game right right so like it's uh we're so we're about to like pitch some remakes that uh would still kind of be there's still like the hurdle of the original jank to get over yeah even if they're like presented in like a glossy new package yeah i just feel like there's there's something about all of my picks that Unless you were to just take the core idea and completely yes. remake it. Right. Like rebuild it from the ground up. It's, there's always going to be a hitch to it. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, truly all of my picks, a, a hitch remains. But I do think that a, uh, a modern presentation or a, in some cases a modern control scheme would 
change the way or like the patience that people would have to put up with these sort of jankier parts of it. Yep. Like that's sort of the goal here. Right. Uh, so it's like, it's a very, this, it's like a, it's like the head of a needle and we're just like, we're just trying to thread and right through it. Yeah. Um, so I, I have six picks, Mark. Okay. Uh, I'll let you go first then. Okay. Well, so uh, I'm, I'm going to start with um, one that uh, I, I was chatting with Kyle in the discord about um, and was sort of like inspired this idea of like what other games should uh, kind of have this treatment and of course it is the secret of evermore on the super nes um a game from uh from square enix um square soft i guess at the time um that was developed like totally by their american branch uh never saw a japanese release um and has never appeared on any other platform ever uh if you have not played the super nes cart you've or you know uh, a rom somewhere you've not played this game um and it is a Secret of Mana-like, uh, but not at all in setting. The setting for Secret of Evermore is uh, a like a classic B-movie-obsessed kid from the 1980s gets sucked into a fantasy world that is made up of the four separate fantasy worlds of the people who are inside it, their imagination. So like one guy's interested in uh, it's a it's a little girl who's interested in like Stone Age stuff. Her area is like prehistory. There's dinosaurs. Um, there's uh, another guy who's like interested in like ancient Egypt. So his land is like a desert, and there are pyramids, uh, and like so on. Right. So there's the the four different like imaginers who imagine these worlds, and you visit those worlds. Um, you're accompanied by your dog, who transforms with every world that you go to. Um, and uh, the magic system is something called alchemy. And this is ultimately the jankiest part of this game <laughs> is alchemy. Um, because uh, alchemy requires that you uh, are collecting these like raw ingredients and then you use the raw ingredients to cast a magic spell, which means that you are always limited by the number of the ingredients that you can pick up. There are some of the spells for which there are only like three or four uses worth of resources in the entire game. Um, and the only way you can level spells up is by using them multiple times. So like there's, I, I forget what it's called, but there, there's like one really cool, powerful spell that like you can only cast four times and you're never going to be able to level it up. I would like to see a remake of the secret of Evermore and really just make it look Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also give me like, you know, replenishable um, uh, uh, resources for, for the alchemy so I can actually level things up. There's uh, also too many moments in the game where like the puzzle of it is uh, navigating an overly complicated maze. Let's simplify some of those mazes. <laughs> I think that's a great pick. Thank you. You, I mean, you, you've we played a little bit of Secret of Evermore uh, together here uh -huh. uh, on my Super NT, um, but we didn't get very far. No, we didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those like curiosities from the yes. Super Nintendo era that I've never played. You know, uh, th this I feel like these are spiritual cousins. Your first pick and my first pick. Boy, I love this because uh, my first pick is. Actually, I feel like a lot of a fair number of games on my list are games that I've never beaten. Sure. Um, and some of and this one I've only played a of a little bit of, all things considered, and that is Star Tropics for the NES. Woo! Yeah. So for the Nintendo Entertainment System, never released in Japan as far as I'm aware, ever. Not on a virtual console. Wow. Just never ever ever Wait, has really? been like localized for Japan. As far as I'm aware. Okay. Has never ever been released. And I uh, I know you have a lot of fondness for this game. I have attempted to play it like on the NES Classic Edition. Like I've attempted to play it. And it's on Nintendo Switch Online. And it's a Nintendo Switch Online. I've tried to play it multiple times. The first times. one is. Yeah. Second one is not. And to me it's like this game was published in 1990 in the United States. And so Nintendo knew how to do jump controls. And yet the controls in but this game But not like top-down jumping, right? Like the Zelda game you couldn't jump in a Zelda game yet. Uh-huh. Right? And like that's that's what this game is sort of presenting is like a top-down view, like action-based 
game where you are uh, jumping, um, but the jumping is so digital, right? That you, uh, you jump and you always jump one full block and it's always the same speed and there's no changing it once you've committed to it. Yep. Um, and uh, you jump in four cardinal directions and that's it. But it remains one of these, like, to me anyways, fascinating yet impenetrable Nintendo curiosities. Yes. That if they were, and it, and also one that I feel like is ripe for the another code treatment where, yeah, we can, like, make it look better and run on a modern system. But, like, it, maybe you give it the... Link's Awakening treatment, right? You're never, mm, you're not, yes. you're not going to remake this game into like a fully, uh, 3D action, right? That know, doesn't like make Zelda, any sense. Yeah, like a game. Um, so yeah, Star Tropics. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that, and also like in the sort of uh, tradition of Another Code and Famicom Detective Club, you could put both these games in one package, right? You could put Star Tropics and Zoda's Revenge, Star Tropics two, in, uh, in one package together. Um, and the thing is those games physically play differently, uh, cause you can move diagonally in Star Tropics too. And I feel like what you'd have to do is if they were really going to commit to doing this, you could enhance the storytelling in uh -huh. the game. And so you could introduce Zoda as a bad guy earlier. And so he's not just like. So he's not just, like, th there at the end of the game? Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, one of the great joys for me of Star Tropics is that uh, the whole thing is, like, there's an alien civil war, and, and like, they crash land on, on Earth, uh, but you don't, you don't get this information until, like, chapter 9 of 10 or something <laughs> like that. It's, you had, you had, for most of the game, you're just, like, sailing around to these, like, weird islands and experiencing, like, weird island folk doing stuff um, and, like, pirates. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, but also aliens, too. <laughs> There's this Zoda guy yeah. you gotta go defeat. Yes, and then he'll get his revenge. <laughs> um, there's also a, uh, a, a piece of music at the end of uh, Star Tropics which um plays like over the 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 end credits or not the end credits but it's as uh the princess whatever in it tika something like that pika um she's like explaining to you uh all, like all the story of the game that the game was uh, holding back from you but there's a piece of music that plays um and in the original um like cartridge of the game and like every release of it since the code for it is corrupted um so the music in star tropics was uh programmed like by inputting numbers into a machine, right? Um, and there's a literal typo in the baseline of of this thing. So there's a part where like the uh, note like extends for a little while, and that like kind of goes like and then stops, uh, and then the baseline is just missing from the latter half <laughs> of, of of the music. And I've heard it restored where someone like you know removes the like the F that's in there or whatever, uh, and it sounds beautiful. But there's never been a release of the game where the music is restored. <laughs> Similarly, there's the like overworld music. Uh, there's like a, a loop of, and this is like normal as you're walking around the island. If you're next time you play Star Tropics, tune into this. Um, there's like a little. Um, That's really optimistic. <laughs> the next time you play, <laughs> yeah, every Thanksgiving, I know you do. <laughs> there's like a, a one of the tracks in the music is this little. And the first, the first like loop through the music, it's in time with the melody and the baseline and everything. And then for whatever reason, its loop is shorter than the rest of the music, so it will start over before the loop of the melody starts over. So it starts to like get off from it, and it has this really like arrhythmic quality because of it. And the longer you just sit on the world map, the more out of sync oh, it gets. Wow. Um. So there are two prominent musical errors that could be fixed in a re-release of Star Tropics if Nintendo ever had the courage to do so. <laughs> well, we'll hope and pray. <laughs> Great pick, Mark. Um, uh, Star Tropics is... A, and Star Tropics also has that wonderful thing of like, here's what uh, uh, Japanese people thought Americans were like in yes. 1990. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's just uh, living in America and having so much media come out of America, it's very rare to see that sort of, like, what uh, our 
uh, media does to other cultures all the time. Yeah. Yes. It's 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 uh it's a fun uh, fun house mirror. Fu- yeah. 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 To have that uh, reflected back on us. Uh, your name is Jones. You're you're a, a baseball player. <laughs> Probably have red hair. Oh yeah. Oh Freckles for sure. For he does. sure. Yeah. No. I mean, he's basically like uh, you know Archie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, my second pick here uh, is uh, a game that recently came to the Nintendo Switch Online, uh, but prior to that had never been released in North America at all. I'm referring to Joy Mecha Fight, um, which is a NES, like a late NES or I suppose late Famicom. Um, fighting game where you control uh robots that uh fight each other um and the uh game has a, a pretty impressive roster um and like zero kind of lag uh at, at all um and no flickering it's sort of a, a technical marvel that they have like 16 playable characters in the game and maybe i think it's actually more than that but it, it's a, a lot of playable characters in the game um and uh it all runs kind of perfectly and part of the way that's achieved is that like the character sprites instead of being like one big sprite that the nes has to animate um which is difficult um they're all made up of six separate sprites there's like a body sprite and then like hand hand foot foot head right and those things all like move independently so the game is actually doing like very little work to render the two characters uh in the space um so it is remarkably playable now it just doesn't have any of the niceties of a modern fighting game. And uh, I think with a graphical overhaul, some different game modes, including online mode, Joy Mecha Fight could be a stone cold modern classic. That would be cool. That would be cool. Also, uh, localize it. Because <laughs> what's on uh, NSO right now is all in Japanese, and I'm blindly picking modes um, and don't know what the characters are called. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, uh, one, one where I'm really just like coat of paint, guys. Like that's mm-hmm. that that's all it needs. It plays so fast and fun uh, that it would just be cool to see it uh, look like a modern new game. It's a great pick. Thank you. My next pick is a game that this this is not uh, a forgotten game in the sense that it is one of the best selling Game Boy games. And yet, okay. in the Tetris, and yet, yeah. <laughs> and yet, I it, think they've remade yeah. Tetris. And yet, in the in the modern era, uh, Nintendo doesn't really talk about it that much because um, it is so different from other entries in its series. And I have a conspiracy theory about this game, and oh, the, I love and the reason why it is not um, currently available on Nintendo Switch Online. And I am, of course, talking about uh, Super Mario Land. Yeah. For the Game Boy. Yes. Not, weirdly, in my opinion, not available on the Nintendo Switch Online. Um, it feels right. like such an obvious pick. Well, because that Game Boy library, come February whatever, will have been around for a year. And this, like, launch Game Boy game featuring Mario yeah. <laughs> is not part of the library. And so... Neither my- is Alleyway, but that's another... <laughs> that's that's uh, I'll carry that weight. My my conspiracy theory I, yes. is that uh, two things are happening in Nintendo right now. One, um, there is no mention of this game mm-hmm. in like Nintendo Switch Online. Not too different from how Super Mario RPG kind of disappeared yes. from uh, the world for a little bit. In, and then we found is, out that is this not, re- remake was right. happening. Is not on NSO, even though it was available on... Uh, like previous virtual consoles, ditto Super Mario Land. Yeah. So then the second thing that's happening in Nintendo yeah. is we're getting, I would say, like more Daisy than we've gotten recently. Sure. You know, she was included as a playable character in Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Um, she was in Super Mario Strikers, whatever it was called for. Yeah, I mean, she's in all of those sports yeah. games, right? Um, uh, Battle League? Sounds right. Okay. Um, and she's also uh, a, I forgot what I was going to say to add to things where you can play as Daisy. Uh-huh, but there Super is a Sm- third thing. Super Smash Brothers. Oh, she's, yeah. Super- she's an Echo Fighter in uh-huh. there. So. So, uh, so I think my conspiracy theory anyways, yeah. is that there is a Super Mario Land remake coming. Mm. Um, and because and we're also seeing like a lot of like remakes from them. Totally. From Nintendo right now. And uh, the reason why I think no matter what you do with this game, 
it's always going to have that little bit of jank. Yeah. Is not that Super Mario, I mean, Super Mario Land is a classic, <laughs> but it is, it's an outlier in the Mario series. Right. Like, you know, because of initial limitation, it's uh, in the early days of the Game Boy, they eventually figured it out with uh, Super Mario Land 2-6 Golden Coins. Kind of. Yes, I was gonna say asterisk because, like, uh, ma- ma- make your point, but I, I, I like, want to talk like about it. But like, visual, because, like, well, initially when I wrote this down, it was a Super Mario Land, Super Mario Land Two, right? Um, remake. But they're such different games. Very different. But yeah. like Super Mario Land, Mario is this tiny, He's tiny so little small. like sprite that's running around on the screen, and there's no uh fireballs. They're super balls, and they mm-hmm. bounce around, and when you jump on. Koopas, if they're even called Koopas, they explode. They're called something different. They're uh-huh. like bomb Koopas. Yeah, you're in like Sarasa land, mm-hmm. and uh, Tatanga's the bad guy. Daisy is the princess here. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just never going to be a traditional Super Mario Brothers game. But okay, so here, here's my question about that is do you keep the sort of like floatier physics of the game, or do you like bring it to like modern Mario standard? I don't know. That, yeah. That's hard because it's like, I guess you could, I guess the X, ex- well, if for the purposes of this exercise, I guess you would keep kind of like the uniqueness, the floatier physics. See, the- see I think that kills it though. Yeah. Like, I think that that is ultimately why um, it's not nearly as fun to play right now as uh, any of the Mario games on the NES, right? Like, it's just it just doesn't feel as like snappy to make Mario run and jump. It doesn't feel like a Super Mario Brothers game anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, what What's interesting is some of that same floatiness is uh, present in uh, Super Mario Land Two, um, and like the the difference there is like that that sprite is way bigger, but because the sprite is bigger, it means there's also like less screen real. Like you can't see anything around Mario. Mm-hmm. Like the space is so. And for for whatever reason, because the screen is so small around him, it really highlights the like the camera is always keeping you like in the dead center of the screen. Like that feels more pronounced um, in that game than in other Mario games. Yeah. Uh, so like I would argue that they like truly never figured out platforming on a screen that size. It's just too small. Yeah. Yep. Um. But yeah. It, it, yeah. Why haven't we seen that game on uh, NSO? Because I think they're remaking it. That's 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 very interesting. Um. All right. My next pick. One from a a, a recent release, from not that long ago, maybe like twelve years. No, probably less. Probably more like ten years. Star Fox Zero. Star Fox Zero was almost a good game. <laughs> <laughs> Star Fox Zero really, really, really suffers from uh, the it's the Wii gamepad being a, a, an integral part of the way you interface with the game. So the way it works is that on the gamepad you have sort of a cockpit view, um, which is where like you look out the gamepad and you can see like where you're firing, um, and then you look at the TV and you get sort of the view from like outside the ship. And sometimes the view from outside the ship is like dynamic. So you're like, it's taking sort of like a side view as you're like circling something. Um, the, the, and then the whole thing is just like this mess of like trying to reconcile two different screens and like looking up and down and like m- moving the, the game pad around to like use its gyro controls. You and I played a little bit of this in two player and I think the game worked a lot Better. I think we played the whole player. thing in two player. That's true. We beat it. That's right. Yeah. Um, but like, and, and I have uh, read reviews of the game from when it came out, where uh, people were like, "I really struggled with this control scheme," but you know, because I was like reviewing the game, I like learned how to do it. I, I'm thinking specifically of uh, Jose Otero's review on on IGN, uh, and like he got locked into it and was like, "Once I figured it out, I loved it, uh, and the game is great." Um, but getting over that hurdle is like a full-time job. So like the presentation and control of Star Fox Zero needs to be stripped down 
to the nuts and bolts and thrown back up in a way that makes sense. We need to skyward sword this thing, mm. right? And be mm-hmm. like, the old ways are no good. Embrace modernity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we can, because uh, look, it's not like we have Star Fox on Switch. Right. At the moment. No. It's been a, I, we, we keep getting like, you know, Star Fox 2 or um, what's the other example of? Oh, and I guess Guard. Uh, right. Well, it, when it was in uh, the Ubisoft Toys to Life game that came too late. Yes. Starlink the, Battle for Atlas. Yeah. Uh-huh. On Nintendo platforms, there was a whole like uh, Star Fox thing you could That's do. That's right. There was like a whole campaign and like Star Wolf is in there and all this kind of stuff. All, all of which is to say, like, we, we, need, the, we, we need Star Fox in, in, in some way. It's missing currently. I, yeah, I agree completely. And that's why one entry on my list... I love this. ...is Star Fox Adventures. Yes! Because I, I, think we, I think there's two paths here, and both are excellent paths, and either one is viable. Like, continue down the road of Star Fox as, you know, like a kind of like on-rails shooter thing, even though Zero isn't really that... Um, Zero, I mean, in a, in a lot of uh, the levels, it, it is that, like, classic Star Fox formula. Uh-huh. Or, or it's like, it has been a while since we had a Star Fox game. You didn't really like, by you, I mean, collectively, the universe didn't really like Star Fox Zero. Right. Maybe we bring it back as, like, an adventure game. Sure. And do you like the Star Fox characters, but this time they're running around Dinosaur Planet and, like, shooting stuff? You might. Yeah. Maybe let's give it another chance. Here's the thing. The characters in Star Fox are too compelling. The universe is too, like, interesting to leave it to just this on-rail shooter thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, a, uh, like a, an honest, like, Star Fox tactics game would be so good. An honest Star Fox adventure game like uh, Star Fox Adventures. Adventures or adventure? I think it's adventures. So, okay. Uh, plural. Okay. Um, made in a modern engine. I think it could be really good. I think so, too. Have you played this game at all? I, not to any degree other than maybe, like, standing at a blockbuster. You know what I mean? Yeah, this was originally a GameCube game, right? Um, Developed by Rare. um, And, like, they were developing it as uh, Dino Planet? Dinosaur Dinosaur Planet. Dinosaur Planet, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, And then, you know, Miyamoto was like, looks like Star Fox to me. Probably smoking a cigarette. (laughs) Um, And and they're like, okay, fine. So it's Star Fox. And then changed, you know, put put the Star Fox characters. They're still basically on a dinosaur planet. Yep. Um, But yeah, this is a game that like largely remains a mystery to me. I've never, uh, I've never put my hands to, uh, to sticks on it. Yeah. And in like the long, in the list of Nintendo franchises as they exist today, I think like, I mean, we had a, we've had a, a couple of Metroid releases, you know, in the last couple of years. So I would say that, like, Star Fox is... One a, of those is a prime remaster, but yeah. <laughs> but, like, Star Fox is, like, a C-tier Nintendo franchise at yeah. this point. Like, but it's still a higher tier than another code was. Oh, that got a yes, remake. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, let's try again. Let's try, try, let's try yeah. Star Fox Adventures again. Let's try Star Fox Adventures again. Let's let's try Star- hey let's just try Star Fox again frankly <laughs> um so so uh since uh, are, are you are you imagining the uh like the game is really just like a graphical upgrade uh so uh, from my understanding is that the big kind of like fault in Star Fox Adventures is that the combat wasn't very compelling ah. that it was like pretty easy so i think maybe this is an opportunity to hey we have like this base game mm mm-hmm. Um, we can improve the graphics, but let's like hone in on. Let's the, call from soft. The, yeah, let's hone in on like the the combat part of it. Let's make it a super <laughs> difficult <laughs> combat situation. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think that would be that would is, would would you think like uh like a heavier kind of combat? Yeah, I was joking about from soft, but like something more like that, or more like a bayonetta like character action kind of. That would be really fun with Star Fox characters. Yeah. Star Fox characters in a, uh, yeah, like Bayonetta slash Devil Arkham Knight. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh, Arkham Knight. I like that as sort of like the, uh, splitting the difference between those, uh, those two extremes. Um, yeah, that, that, that'd be good. Uh, all right. Mark, my, for my next pick, I have a cheat. I'm cheating. Do you remember the NES game Pinball? 
I remember it existing. Yes. Um. Uh. It is available on Nintendo Switch Online. Um. And uh. It is there's a single pinball table. Um. In there, it's two screens tall, and then there's like a little room that you can hit the ball into, where Mario's walking around with a platform, and he has to like keep the ball in the air. Um. That was one of the NES games that we had as a kid, or that I had as a kid. So I put a ton of time into NES pinball. Nintendo's done this a couple times, where they're like, let's make a pinball game. Usually on, uh, I mean, NES, yes, but then uh, always on handhelds, right? There's Kirby, Kirby's uh, Pinball, there's uh, Mario Pinball Land, um, and, uh, of course, Metroid Prime Pinball. Let's put all those pinball tables into one collection. Let's let, make it look nice. Let's, uh, you know, make the physics make sense. Uh, and then, like, hey, you want to make a couple other, like, uh, Nintendo pinball tables? Great. Let's do it. Where's a pinball collection from Nintendo? You know, normally I'm against cheating, but this cheat I like. Thank you. I'm into it. It's this a good is cheat. such a good idea. Yeah. Put it, let's, uh, let's put all those pinball tables together. There's a Pokemon one. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Uh, also, uh, I know this is not uh, Nintendo, obviously, but there was a, there was a pinball of the dead, like a House of the Dead uh-huh. <laughs> pinball machine. Let's put that in there too. Yeah, definitely. Does it seem, in some ways, uh, like for as much as Nintendo like started in like video games, uh, video game wise, started in arcades? Does it seem weird they don't have a like bigger pinball presence? Like there aren't like real life. Uh, like Nintendo pinball machines. Yeah, it's like, it was like an yeah. That's interesting. I've never thought about it before, but it's an avenue of arcade dumb that Nintendo seemingly. I don't know that they ever dabbled in it. Yeah. Well, actually, like now that I'm thinking about it, they don't do like uh, anything in arcades that isn't just like swapping out a regular arcade cabinet with like um you know some buttons and a joystick. Like there's like, no like Nintendo branded claw machine. There's no Nintendo. Brand, that's right. Yes, like all, all, all that kind of stuff, or even like Plinko or anything like that. Pachinko, I guess, is it's just Plinko well, on both. prices, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. That uh. And and maybe that's like a, a cost saving thing that they were always just like because a lot of uh Nintendo machines are like modded, um from you know what it was originally shipped as to the the next thing, uh because it meant that they could update games cheaply without having to like ship a whole cabinet um or whatever uh but yeah uh they had they did virtual pinball a couple times let's get that um collected and all gussied up so we can play it at home mine is also kind of a cheat my next one is also kind of a cheat and the reason it's hey i always like cheating and i support (laughs) this cheating and the reason it's kind of a cheat is because i don't think this game is janky and i don't really think you need to change much other than make it uh maybe graphically improve it for a new system and that's Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. Yeah. I think it's a great game. Yeah. Yeah. I think more people should play it. This is and right. I think it should be available on Switch. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, honestly, I think you changed nothing. <laughs> I, I you just you put it out to. on Switch. I know. I, uh, I enjoyed playing this game so much. Yes. Um, that I don't understand why it is not a beloved entry in this. Actually, I do. Yes. Because it was on Nintendo 3DS. And mm-hmm. it is hard to find three other people yes. that uh, you could play with locally because you all had to have your own copies of the game. And it was just kind of hard to find three people that you could play it with locally at all. And you could also play it online, too. But just, like, it came out late enough in the 3DS's life cycle that, like, that it just wasn't, I, as, like, an adult man uh, living an adult man's life, I couldn't, like, put that together at all like to get two other people around to until we recorded an episode with uh uh with matt acevedo um and had a great time playing the game and you know it is like uh i feel like it also doesn't have a very good reputation yeah and you know the it's an interesting take on the zelda formula it's not it's a zelda spinoff for sure. Totally. You know, and it focuses on fashion and it's Hytopia and like so all these fun. things that are yeah. just, it, it is really fun, but it's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's a blast. It's so good. I wish, and you know, yes, you could play it online, but it was such a weird way to play it on the 3DS because, I mean, at least the Nintendo Switch Online has like a phone app and there's so many more ways to communicate now yes. than when it yes. came out. You know, I, I, it just feels like, 
the it was like ahead of its time i think yeah and on the wrong system uh, yes absolutely. it just uh and there's so many switches there's so many there's so many switches it would be so easy to get two other people to play it with yeah um and i then you would just have a blast doing it like yeah that that game's really good and really fun um I, I remember, because you could also do, like, random matchmaking. Just go online and be, like, whoever I uh, play with. But you would get, like, uh, kind of trolled over and over. What's it? What's it called? Griefing. Uh, you, you would get griefed really hard because, uh, like, someone would jump in there and just, like, not participate. And you'd be like, okay, now we're stuck with this person through the rest of the run. Right, um, and that's a totally, like, yeah. of course, that's not going to be fun at all because the game requires such close collaboration. Like, there were yeah. so many times when we were playing with Matt that we squeaked by yes. right mere milliseconds yes. in order to and those moments were so fun when you finally like accomplished the task but doing that online with strangers just would not would not have the same joy at all right 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 um and yeah like you can go back like into the dungeons and or like they're all like little dungeon runs and like you can put on like special conditions of like don't get frozen or like you know uh you have half as many hearts or you know whatever to just like retry challenges and get more rewards like it's basically the sort of like the destiny model or something right (laughs) no it is it's uh i i love triforce heroes and i think a re presentation of it would be uh, a great thing uh do you think it would also make sense to uh, allow people to play with bots oh that's interesting i would be do you know what if that is a way to get more people to play this game yeah i'm all for it right like i I think or even just like one bot say you only have like two of you working together and like you have a bot and you can always like take over the bot if Uh you need to um like that would I, I, I think that would go a long way towards making the game more accessible uh, and then more people would play it. Yep. Uh, what a great pick. I'm mad I didn't think of it. Uh, my next pick, hey, you know, uh, put a quarter in the jar or whatever it is when I do a thing that I do all the time. Virtual Boy. A lot. I was going to say a lot. That's not true. A handful of games <laughs> exist for that thing. Uh, none of which have ever been brought to any other uh, platform at all. Uh, really kind of uh, disappointing. Yes, uh, especially because we had a 3DS. You could have put 3D games on there perfectly. <laughs> um, but there's also a huge problem with Virtual Boy games in that they uh, look crazy. <laughs> that It is a single color system. It's a black background with red. It's not even like the Game Boy, where the Game Boy has uh, like three different colors of pixels, plus just like the the, the base like see-through. Uh, it is either red or nothing <laughs> in, in, in the Virtual Boy. Um, but there is a whole Wario Land game on that system, and it's a pretty good one. Uh, so my pick here is uh, Virtual Boy Wario Land. Change the graphics entirely. Uh, and th- there was one of the things uh, that uh, was so I perceived to be so cool about uh, Wario Land on Virtual Boy, which was that it regularly like puts you into the background. So there was like a plane of you know uh, 2D platforming action that happened in the background, and then like again in the foreground, these two different like planes of action, right? Um, and I remember thinking at the time, like, wow, you need to have 3D to do this. There's no way they could have. That's I, they're really taking advantage of what the Virtual Boy has to offer turns out super mario brothers wonder does this it turns out the new donkey kong games do this turns out like two different planes of side scrolling uh normal we're we're all that's that's a that's a common thing for us now um so let's see this wario land back yeah this is one i i I mean for obvious reasons i've never played it before i would love this uh it's an uh just like how we don't really have star fox games on the switch we don't have Wario Land games on Switch. Yeah, when is the last like Wario Land game the one for Wii? Yeah, or, shake, like, it. shake it. Yeah, uh, a game that I love. That's I, wild. That's yeah. probably like like twenty years ago at this point that we've had a Wario Land game. It came out when I was living in Chicago. Yeah, it's probably been like sixteen years or something like that. Um, so yeah, I so th- there's a Wario Land game right there. And look, you don't have to bring the rest of the games <laughs> to, to, to modern platforms. Just give me this one. Yep. Uh, and then we can let Teleroboxer go. We can <laughs> let Mario Clash go. 
We can let a game go that we can't mention. We can't. We cannot mention it on well, the show. Well, we can mention the funky bowling. Can we? I think we can. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think it may be the character and the game that we can't talk about. Mm, interesting. I think it's just I think it's just the character. Can we talk about Esther? <laughs> yes. Of course okay. we can. Okay, okay, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great, 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 great. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and then the rest of the uh uh live there's like a Mario tennis as well. Um but really the the Wario Land is the only one I, I, I genuinely want to rescue. Yeah, that would be really cool. My next pick is a little uh, a little bit different from some of the other ones that we've had on here where it's like, no, like, you know, this needs to be changed or this needs to be changed. But otherwise, uh, it's pretty much good to go. This is not that. This next pick is one where it's like the core of the idea is really, really good, I think, or at least interesting. Yeah. And even if you kept some of the, like, plot elements – but just had another chance to like take another shot at mm. it. I would be. We're calling a mulligan on this one. Yeah, like a, yeah. like a, yes, a, a mulligan, uh, fitting that it begins with an M because I'm talking about Metroid Other M. This is yes. This made my short list. It's not on my like list list here, but yes, Metroid Other M. There's something there that's good and that is interesting. But it is not uh, on the screen. <laughs> no, no. If, in execution, it falls apart in so many ways. I think it falls apart in gameplay because you're never like they. I feel like they kind of wanted to do this like ninja gate because they got Team Ninja mm-hmm. as the developer of the game. They kind of wanted to do this like ninja Gaiden thing, but you never have like the freedom of movement with Samus to really do anything very cool. Yes. And well, and this, uh, you know, I, I, again, uh, re- reject, uh, reject classicism, embrace modernity. The control system for this game was wrong. It was bad. You had the, the Wii remote turned on its side, like an NES controller. And most of the time you use that to just like move Samus around in a, on a 2d kind of plane occasionally into 3d right that she would like move up you'd push up to like move like forward yeah yeah dash and stuff um so like there's a little bit of that and then you would go into first person by pointing the wii remote at the screen and then shoot missiles that way and then like put it back in uh so like it's never the the rapid switching between those two things is like not a satisfying no thing and wholly disorienting every time you do it and then when you're holding it like an NES controller you don't have enough buttons to do the kind of things that Samus should be able to do and i i and then you know it has like these segments that are just so like pixel hunting segments yeah that are just Ill, poorly thought out um the i th- truly think that the core of the story could be told in an interesting way, but the cutscenes are just awful, and they go on forever and are unskippable. <laughs> There's just like so many like uh like own goals in the making of Other M that you know we've we've had the Samus Returns remake, we've had Dread. Like I feel like the thing is, it needs to be a more mature presentation of that story than either of those games, too. I guess what I'm saying is, like, from like a gameplay perspective, yes, right. We've like we have seen Metroid be good again mm-hmm. in a way that uh, you know it'd been a long time since we had had a I'll call it a 2D Metroid with like you know right because it's not yeah. it's not a prime game. It was like a new Metroid game. And it was really bad. And now we've had um, Samus Returns and Dread. And Dread was, re- you know, Samus Returns was good. Dread was really good. And I just feel like, hey, let's let's go back. Let's take another shot at let's take another shot yeah. at other app. And it doesn't have to be like Dread. I think uh, we already talked about this for uh, Star Fox Adventures, but maybe there is something to Samus being more like a Bayonetta, right? Like, yeah. if that's the route you want to go and have like that sort of combat like let's do it let's lean into it yeah one well, i i feel like uh, uh dread starts to get there right like that she has all those like sort of uh almost like quick time event like uh counters or like just little moves that you do that are you know more flashy and more like 
kind of uh, you know like trigger finger bass where you're just like pulling things off the right and, second, and yeah. it, you can just like flow through it if you're really good, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. Uh, you can run and you can jump, you can be dashing, you can slide, you can do all this stuff without having to stop and point the missiles in first person and then go back, <laughs> right? Like let's just yeah yeah let's do it let's let's uh let's let's make other M good. Yeah, I, I I I love that. I I the thing that feels impossible to me, I love Nintendo. They're like my favorite video game developer. I think they are uh when I think they're just bad at telling stories, right? Like especially anything that even like approaches a cinematic presentation of 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 a story. Uh and the when the story of Other M is told as like thuddingly clumsily as it is in Other M, uh, everything about it just feels stupid. Yeah, totally. And like the 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 themes in it of like trauma and motherhood are very interesting and like could be among the it, they, it could be a powerful message buried in that game. And it just is It's really buried. It's very deep. Well, it's almost the opposite. If it were buried deep. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know saying. what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that that then if you had to work for it a little bit instead like it's called a bottle ship, <laughs> and it's the the uh, this is like a baby's bottle. Oh, and there's a uh, there's a distress signal. It's called a baby's cry, uh, and the uh, the initials of the game are M O M. Where it's like, oh, okay, let's <laughs> show some restraint here. Yeah. Also, hey, while we're at it, let's redesign Adam Malkovich's uniform because they just look stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the thing. Uh it I we played this game for the show several years ago at this point. Um and well all of the presentational aspects that were uh I like I I think even at the time we were like, "Woo, bad." Um but uh there are like gameplay parts of it that do work are interesting. Exactly. There's a core of something There's there. There's a core of something there. Uh, and even the like something that it got flack for the like um oh it's weird that uh Samus isn't accessing her powers just because she doesn't have like orders to do it like that's kind of built into the uh like weird like subdom relationship that she has with Malkovich which is also interesting um that like there's yeah, there's in, something in, there in, there's in, something in, there yeah in the presentation terrible terrible but in right. the in the themes you're mm -hmm. like oh yeah like we can excavate good from this yeah a true diamond in the rough yeah yes we still don't know what that means necessarily <laughs> yeah maybe it's a diamond in the buff yeah it, this could be a diamond, diamond in the buff. could be tough uh the diamond is enough <laughs> uh, i have one more pick do you have any more uh i have one but it's like bad <laughs> it's a bad pick i'm just gonna i'll, I'll just say should I, should I do that G and then you give, give, give your right. bad pick do you know what this is never gonna happen because it's a mainline mario game but let's give super mario sunshine it's due <laughs> <laughs> i'm tired yeah of people poo-pooing it uh -huh. i really like super mario sunshine and i would love for them to take like another shot at it yeah and so uh, in, yeah. in in the upgrades for uh putting this game on putting uh, mario sunshine on switch do you think that's when we finally put a soul in flood? <laughs> I think that's what was missing. Because <laughs> uh, it's funny because, like, this game is on Switch. Yeah. You know, and it's in, it's in widescreen. It looks beautiful. Um, the camera, which it was really finicky on the GameCube, there's no getting around it, is a little bit better because your field of vision is a little bit better in those, like, tight situations. But it is far from a perfect game. Uh, and yet it is a mainline Mario game, and they're never – they are not going to – like um ever admit that it is not perfect yeah but i mean uh you know all stars like they they did it once yeah. right um I, I i do think it's uh it's funny that two of your picks are mainline mario games is super mario land a mainline mario game make the argument that it isn't <laughs> i'd love to hear it well it's part of the land series sure which i think is a spin-off series there's only <laughs> patrick <laughs> says he's not buying it is world a spin-off game no, but but I don't feel like that is a uh, <laughs> I don't feel like that's the same thing at all. Like land mm. is land is land is just like different. It plays different. I Even agree. The yeah, yeah. But well, it, you I agree, think but you don't. Oh, I agree you, that you it plays different. But, but you think I, it's mainline. Yeah. I mean, we included it in our mm -hmm. when we were um uh putting Mario games into uh, yeah greatest like hits. greatest hits. Yeah next steps 
deep cuts. We did include it, so it is it right. is a, it is a mainline Mario game. I mean, just like uh, uh, like Super Mario Brothers Two USA, that's a mainline Mario game. Yeah, right. Like even though you could probably classify that as a spinoff as well. No, you're right. You're right. You're yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I Mark, I don't think this is a bad pick at all. I think uh, Super Mario Sunshine is another game like Other M where. I, like there absolutely is like something there and like there are parts of it that I do really enjoy and I just wish it weren't like a, a muddy mess that like felt weird. Yeah, to they control. just need another shot at it. They just they just need a chance to it. like, you know, like because the uh, development of Sunshine was so condensed because they had to get it out the door. Right. The GameCube was really struggling and it didn't have a Mario game. So they just had to cut a bunch of stuff and you feel it. You totally feel that it was rushed. But man, just like one more pass, right? Special edition. Yeah. Not my pick, but also should happen for the Wind Waker as well. I want to yes. see restored dungeons in the back half of Wind Waker. Yeah. Because uh, there are two great dungeons in the latter half where you have like companion characters with you. And it is clear that like this was going to be what the whole second half of that game was about. And then they're just like, we don't, it's, we're, it's missing dungeons. Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, not my pick, though. My pick. It's an NES game developed by Rare. A little game called Anticipation. Mark, are you familiar with Anticipation? Is uh, is it based on a board game? Uh, so it is a board game. Is, is like it... It's a video game board game. I don't know if there's a real life version. Okay, yeah, then maybe I may or may not know what this is. Uh, so in, in Anticipation, uh, you, uh, like, you know, it, it is a, a board game. You roll dice and, like, move the little pieces uh, around the board. And then, uh, depending on what color you land on, you go into a, uh, like, a thing where there are just, like, dots uh, and then some, like, blanks on the bottom. And so, like, it's going to draw something and you have to, as soon as you recognize, uh, it, it's, like, connecting dots. Then you, like, buzz in and, like, type what the thing that it's drawing for you is is going to this be. This is definitely not what I thought it okay. was. Um, uh, and it's, you know, up, up to, uh, you know, because it's a board game, it's like turn-based, right? You can have multiple, uh, you know, m more than just two people playing at a time. But, you know, with a Switch, you could have however many Joy-Cons you could hook up together. Um, uh, but, like, that, this is it. This is, like, the entirety of the game is you're trying to, like, score points by uh, guessing the, the sh thing that it's drawing before everybody else. Um, and... Uh, what a fun like party game that would be to have now. Um, and also you could have more shapes that it's drawing and just be a more dynamic presentation of this great game anticipation. That'd be super fun. Uh, I don't think I've ever played this before in video game form or if a real life form exists. I, I, I don't know how it would exist in real life. Uh, right, like the drawing of the... Right. Yeah, but no, that, that sounds really... I have never heard of this game. Mm. That sounds really cool. I, it feels like a perfect fit for, like, a Clubhouse Games release. Yeah, totally. Or, you know, like, something like that. Like, a great party game. Like, it just seems like a really fun party game. Um, and I believe that it was uh, uh, made by Rare before they were purchased by Nintendo. Because um, they, uh, they weren't a Nintendo studio when they made, like, Battletoads originally, right? No, I don't think so. I don't think they were... I don't think they were a Nintendo studio until they made Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, that... That makes sense. Um, also, uh, please acknowledge my restraint in not bringing up Battletoads uh, at all <laughs> during this episode. Well, I mean, some things are just perfect the way they are. <laughs> I said it before, but like a Battletoads collection? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there Battletoads pinball? I mean... Now, I know, we're not pitching, now, we're not now, pitching now, perfect now you're, games. Now you're teasing me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, any, any other picks, Mark, or have, have, have we done it? We've done it. Uh, all right, let's close this out. Sort of a challenging exercise. Yeah, it was uh, harder than I thought it was going to be when we pitched it as a topic idea. Well, because there, there's like, uh, you know, like we were saying, there's sort of that like uh, that needle that we're threading uh, where it's just, you want to get it just right. Something that like isn't bad. Like there was a second where I was like, uh, Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. Do mm -hmm. I want to talk about that? Urban Champion. Right. And then it's like, no, these games are just bad and they should stay where they are. Right? Like there's no need to revisit them. And it's also uh, something where it's like, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. Right. Wouldn't it be great to have that on? Yeah. And of course it would. But it's kind of like, I don't need that to be changed at all. Um, 
So, but I'm 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 glad with uh, the, the list we came up with. If you listener uh, have uh, a game that you would like to see, uh, given the another code recollection treatment, um, email us Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com or get in that Discord. I'm sure we will be talking about this tomorrow. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Thank you so much to our 16-bit patrons, Connor McCabe, Patrice Millette, David Headley, uh, Alias X, and Kyle Seaborn. We appreciate you all very much, and we appreciate everyone who is uh, listening or in the Discord or on Patreon. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers, saying thank you for listening. <laughs>